Hello, good people. Welcome to The Chris Stefanik Show, the show that helps you find the joy that God made you for in the midst of everyday life. Don't miss us every week as we dive into real issues with real people and answer real questions. God bless you. Hallelujah. I made it home. <laughs> if you caught last week's show, wow, what a lot of chaos. It is really, really good to be back. But God is in the midst of the chaos, and he's in the midst of the not only the joys and the easy moments of life, he's sometimes especially in the really difficult moments. So we're going to talk about that tonight, specifically about healing from sexual abuse, whether that's your issue or any number of issues, really how to find God in the wounds and lean into that. So uh, thanks for being here. Honored to, to be with you guys. If you've, been, if you've been involved in any sort of ministry, you either know Jim or you know one of a, 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 a thousand things that Jim has worked on behind the scenes that's blessed you. Uh, from his role with, with Life Teen to the Steubenville uh, Youth Conferences uh, I mean, to, to Why Disciple. I mean, Jim, you've, you've been behind so many things that have blessed so many people. And I'm just really grateful for not only your friendship, but for who you are in the church, man. Oh, thank you. Well, it's great to be here. Yeah, and he's now director of uh, Catechesis and Evangelization for the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City. Uh, and we're going to dive into some really deep stuff. If you want to interrupt our flow tonight in conversation, text 720-650-0100. Text your questions, 720-650-0100. Before we get serious, um, happy Alopecia Awareness Day. <laughs> This is the day that the entire world has, we've never been more aware of alopecia. Yeah. yeah. Which is, uh, you know, it's, it's a rough thing. Um, and I'll try not to say anything that gets me slapped. Yeah, I won't slap you. I, I promise. Oscars. But this is worth commenting on for a quick second here, guys. I, I really think that what happened at the Oscars at Will Smith, uh, uh, slapping Chris Rock. Right, Chris, right. Chris, yeah. Uh, it's just indicative of where, where culture's going, where becoming hysterical is is now perceived as virtuous or manly or feeling really strongly about something. I mean, and he kind of won by standing up and saying, hey, that's not cool. You know, don't, alopecia is a serious struggle for my wife. Don't do that. He would have come out on top. He would have corrected uh, the bad joke. I mean, it would have been awesome. But to flip out yeah. is not awesome. Yeah, it went over. And uh, this, is, uh, this is from Galatians. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. And whenever we fail at those things, we're not being virtuous. We're not being manly. We're not, you know, we're not being who God called us to be. Uh, and and we gotta, we got to see it like it is. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, uh, if I, it's a great lead into what we're talking about tonight, it is, actually. Man. Yeah. All of that is just unresolved issues, unresolved woundedness. Yeah. And I think in his case, honestly, because if you follow the news about their marriage, it's an open marriage that she led the charge in making an open marriage. So he knows that other people are sleeping with his wife. And, I, yeah. I, yeah, there's unresolved rage. Very confusing. Uh, yeah, like, right? And all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah, when I see him screaming, like, don't mess with my wife, what I think is like, oh, you've probably been wanting to scream that for the past three years, man. Yeah. <sighs> Life, it's, it's hard to <laughs> lean into your wounds, but it's modern, harder not to. Modern culture. Yeah, yeah c- come, come to the Lord. Well, not, not the Hollywood version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the real, the real thing. Uh, speaking of coming to the Lord, Jim, I love your story. Give us, give us a summary before we dive into the how the, the, the Lord's the nutshell version. Yeah, before the Lord's uh, led you through your wounds, just yeah. how He led you to Himself in the first place. Well, in in some ways, I've I, I have a very powerful conversion story. Yeah. It's not uh, your average story. M- miraculous, yeah. And 
I, I think, you know, when, when a story like that is yours, and when I was younger, I would share uh, my dad's miraculous healing a lot as I, uh, you know, in different settings. And uh, I, I think I realized over time, like, wow, there's, it's actually very rare for somebody to have as dramatic an experience of the presence of God like, like we did in our family. Yeah. But, like in, in a nutshell, when I was just six months old, my dad was tragically injured in an accident, paralyzed from the neck down. And mm -hmm. so my whole younger childhood, uh, all the way until I was almost 10 years old, he's in and out of hospitals and surgery after surgery, 33 major surgeries over nine years, wow. first nine years of my life. And um, wow. I had a sister that died, another sister that was uh, uh, born with a handicap, and she had a number of surgeries trying to correct issues with her. So it was just mm -hmm. a very traumatic childhood that at nine and a half years old, and you know, kind of came to this dramatic, mm -hmm. miraculous uh, experience with my dad on, on his deathbed, really, and experiences a vision and Jesus comes to him and washes his feet and he ends up healed and is walking again and comes back to our family. And um, He literally, when he was paralyzed from the neck down, had a vision, stood up and walked. Yeah, he came home from the nursing home like within a week after the, the miracle happened and traveled all over the world sharing his story. Uh, Not your average story. Yeah. So, you know, as a, as a 10 year old God. kid, I'm yeah. absolutely convinced of the reality of God, uh, his uh, ability awesome. to heal, to change even the circumstances of our life. And, yeah. uh, you know, so from 10 into my, you know, years, I went to college at Franciscan University and then got connected with Steubenville Youth Conferences. And oh, so yeah. it, it really was kind of the springboard in my life into a lot of active ministry and mission in the church. Crazy That's Jesus. been very powerful. Man. So, yeah. No, it's, so it's, it's fun to, to think about the Lord working in miraculous ways where he just comes and instantly makes everything better. Usually not how he works, right? Uh, but it's easy to find God there. I mean, it's, it's just obvious. Right, right, right. That's why it's such a powerful story, and God gives us those every once in a while. Uh, it's not so fun to think about how um, he usually invites people to encounter him by leaning into their brokenness. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you encounter the Lord through a healing, but you, you also, the Lord's brought you to deep, profound intimacy with himself through pain. And I'll try along with you not to cry too much getting through this, this story. Of hmm. yours. But uh, share, share with us that story of your pain and the, the abuse you lived through. Uh, and before you do that, I just want to thank you ahead of time because most most men who suffer from sexual abuse, uh, there's a, a, a cloud of shame that keeps them from ever talking about it because right. they think, well, I shouldn't have suffered from that or whatever it is. That keeps it secret, you know. Uh, so thanks for being courageous. Yeah, tell us yeah. your story. Well, and I, I think just a context for this that I think is powerful is we have a number of scripture references in the gospels where Jesus healed somebody, a paralytic yeah. or, a, or a blind man. Or, um, and one of the first things he says to him is, don't, don't go and tell anybody about this. Yeah, which never made any sense to me. Right, so you, you look at that and you're yeah. like, why would, he, why would he ever say that to somebody? Like, isn't, he, isn't this what he's all about? <laughs> right. right. Like he's trying to grow his ministry. And does he actually momentum. expect them not to tell anybody? Yeah, yeah. so what, like what is the... What, what is that direction all about? 
and, it, and it's kind of funny, I, I look back on our life and if I could change one thing mm. about my dad's healing, it would be for at least a couple of years mm. after he was healed to assimilate the healing into every, every, every other area of his life, particularly wow. our family. Wow. So my, my dad's miraculously healed and turns into an overnight sensation. Wow. And literally is being flown all over the world to tell his story. But needing to work on the And I went from being a nine-year-old kid who for the, his, the entire nine years of my life, he was not there. Wow. To being a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old, and he's not there. Wow. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Could have uh, had a breather in and, between. And everything in me as a seven, eight-year-old kid, and particularly when we started having our conversion experience through my mom, mm. my prayer for my dad's healing actually wasn't about my dad being healed. Wow. It was about my dad being restored to our family. I wow. wanted a dad. Wow. <laughs> right? Wow. And, wow. And, and that really, in some ways, isn't what fully happened, mm. you know? Um, mm. So, as, as, I've, uh, as I've grown, uh, and, and I, I, don't, I didn't know that there was uh, sexual abuse in my background until I got married. You didn't know? No. Uh, you don't I mean, I knew that there was, I, I was, I knew there was a lot of confusion around some things in yeah. me, particularly around relationships and intimacy. But I, I was a virgin when I got married at, at the age of 30. Wow. And, uh, you know, I was very proud of that. Like in, yeah. in youth ministry yeah. days, you know, like I, that, that was a, that was a, a big, right a big story that I oh, could yeah. tell, right, was how I had saved myself for marriage. And, um, and would, I, I would talk about chastity. And I was, you know, already beginning to speak at Steubenville conferences mm. before I met Meg. And uh, I'd, I, I would love to do the men's session and to talk about this, you know, what, what an important area this is in our life and stuff. Yeah. But really unaware of all of this tragic brokenness in, in my past. Mm -hmm. But then we, we get married and we go on our honeymoon, the, fir the first night of our honeymoon, it became really clear, like, okay, something is not right here. And you, you couldn't um, put your finger on like, what the it was. No, but I, I was having images come into my mind and wow. smells and... Uh, oh, brother. You know, just, just uh, obviously don't need to go into graphic details, but sorry, it destroyed the first several nights of the honeymoon because yeah. it just brought all kinds of confusion about what is happening. All the pain here. And, and and poor poor. Meg and really, too. even even on the honeymoon, like I never yeah. really fully understood. I don't think it wasn't until I got back home and started seeing a counselor and a spiritual director. And you know, I within my own marriage. Uh, I'm going to have Natalie on to talk about this again. It, it took us 10 years to realize, oh, she had, she had been sexually abused as a kid. Oh, wow. And that's why so many things have been off for 10 years that I didn't even realize were off. Because it's so hard to look at pain. Yeah. It just, it's just, it's uh, on some level easier to pretend it's not there and to let it just eat at your life in a million ways that you're not even aware of. Right. Uh, wow. So this came out, and, and this is what love does, right? Two people get close enough and then you can't hide the wound anymore. Well, yeah, and and where where do wounds get stored in us in our memory? It's it's in our heart. Yeah. And when the love of Christ and the love of another gets into your heart, it starts expanding your heart. Yeah. And then it just bumps into those wounded areas mm. in, in a way that's very natural and organic. You know. What uh, as you started to unpack this through the years, what impact did you see clearly that 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 wound had on you, that the sexual abuse had on you? You know what. Uh, 
Yeah. What, what are the wounds it inflicted on you? You, well, you it's, talk about it's, three it's a, particular a, wounds. Yeah, I mean, it's really, in some ways, I have greater clarity now, years later, because I almost feel like this happened in two or three stages. Mm. I don't know how else to describe it, because I, I had, you know, when we got back from the honeymoon and I was, I, I went to some counseling and some spiritual direction during that time and realized, okay, I clearly have had something that happened. And the more that I uh, leaned into all of that, I started having more memories, and it all started, you know, coming uh, in in a way that I could remember it all and what had happened. And mm. uh, so, tra- trauma has got your brain's got an amazing way of dealing with trauma. Yeah, like you it, didn't even literally didn't even remember it. Oh, it's definitely repressed in me. That's incredible. Yeah, from an eight an eight year old experience, and it was just in, in my unique situation, it was uh, had multiple multiple layers of complexity because. Mm. It was right during the time that my sister died, who was really one of my best friends, um, and she she died. My mom had a nervous breakdown, went into a nursing or, or went into a mental hospital for a period of time, and all of us kids were sent to various relatives. And so, you know, as an eight-year-old kid, it was just this really very upsetting, traumatizing, uh, traumatizing yeah. experience of being picked up from school by an aunt that I, I wasn't really close with and didn't know that well, taken home, a bag packed, taken to an airport and sent to a relative's house in another state for, mo- for months, right? Yes. And, and this was just just days after we had just been at the funeral for my sister. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it was on, it was on that uh, several month period of time is when this abuse happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I was just uniquely vulnerable and so many layers of complexity for me, yeah. you know, that it was uh, very, very traumatic, I think. I, I think initially I had some huge healing around knowing that I was abused, realizing who did it, coming to some grips with how do, how do I deal with that? How do I come to a place of forgiving that? Mm. And, and like you said, it was probably an eight to ten year experience of unpacking that and really coming to um, coming to some healing from from the event. Yeah. What what I've have found beautiful, mysterious, but incredibly painful mm-hmm. again is to realize that there were, there was all kinds of effects of that in my life, in relationships, and in my emotional uh, makeup that I didn't understand. So, you know, it's, it's, kind, it's kind of like, I think, the way the church looks at sin and confession. Yeah. Uh, that it's one thing to confess a sin and even be forgiven. Yeah. It's a totally other thing to make amends. Right, right. right? To make up for the damage that's been yeah. done because of the sin, which sometimes you can't. There, there, how, how could you ever make up for the damage? Like you know, some some damage, right? Uh, yeah. So, th- this has been something that's been happening over the last couple of years that, that I've, and, and I and I really share this in some ways, because um, of your listeners, the percentage of the general population that have experienced sexual abuse of some kind in their past—it's huge, man. It's so high, and, right and, it, now. It and it's getting takes, higher every yeah, year. It only takes a couple minutes, really. Like you experienced it over the course of months. It only takes a few minutes to, ha- to, to leave wounds, in a, in yeah, especially it, a child's psyche. Yeah, yeah. That they have to unpack for many years. 
that, that tie in with their very identity, you know, and their sense of who they are. And you talk, you talk about a 10-year story, and, and, and it started with forgiving. But then, then my, my, my next question, I, I, I think, man, how do you forgive for the loss of that time? But then I know you, you don't see that as a lost time because it's part of the journey that the Lord allowed it to happen to you to make you who you are. Right. Uh, which is a strange thing in the mystery of God, man. I, I mean, well, it's, it's, it's his real power. He doesn't win by crushing evil out of existence, but by taking it into his story, right, <laughs> his right. love for us. You know? Well, the, um, well that, that's even what I was saying about why, why would he tell a paralytic that he heals, don't go tell anybody. Right. Uh, I, I think there's, I don't know, like, yeah, God can heal somebody. Yeah. But they don't need to be healed to go to heaven. Right. But they need to be holy. Yeah. And sometimes he uses our woundedness, our brokenness, our afflictions, actually to lead us into deeper holiness. Yeah. Uh, Amen. And, you know, so the physical healing of my dad was, was incredibly powerful. Um, but the healing that I've experienced over years from all of this brokenness and the traumatic abuse that happened in my childhood is far more powerful. Mm, praise the uh, Lord. Far more powerful. So he, 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 oh, happy fault that went for us a greatest Savior. Yeah. Oh, happy, oh, happy wound that got me such a great healer. Um, wow. Like, it, like I, I know it probably sounds ludicrous to say this, but um, if I could go back and do it all over again, I'm not sure I would want to get the person who abused me out of my story. Wow. Wow. I don't think I would know the Lord the way I do had I not suffered through this. Mm. And that's, that's a gift beyond any physical healing, right? Wow. So, Praise the Lord. No, I thought you were going to slap me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been bad. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for loving us so much. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there, buddy. <laughs> well, you, 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 really, you, you asked the question, like, what were, what were the wounds? Yeah, what and, were the wounds? This, this is, uh, and, and I, I was starting to say that for all the listeners, like, I just think there are so many people today that are stuck in this kind of brokenness. Right. And I, I think you were saying, you know, thank you for your courageousness, but I, 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 I don't f- feel like I have any option. Knowing that there's so many people that, are, that have experienced mm-hmm. this kind of woundedness, there needs to be more and more people that are willing to share their story and, and help bring clarity and understanding yeah. to the way that the enemy is twisting and manipulating this kind of woundedness in, in a way that's just wreaking havoc yeah. in marriages and families and yeah. relationships with children. Yeah. And, um, and the way that people's brains work throughout their lives, because it's something they experienced as a kid. When you talk about neuroplasticity, right? Like, right, right. It just shapes your, your, there's literal synapses firing certain ways because of things you may have Neural ex- pathways, experienced. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, you, know, you, you shared with me the other day um, a, a, a vision you had. And, and again, you know, God doesn't work with everybody through miraculous healing or through vision, but he does give these things to you so that you will share them. And the vision... Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I would actually, go, I would actually go a step further. Yeah, Saint Saint Teresa of Avila actually frowns on these kinds of experiences, which I've just had a lot of them in my life. <laughs> Not and, the um, average dude, and I, I don't understand why. Yeah. yeah, but when you read some of her writings, she actually talks about some souls are so impoverished and so in need mm. of God and signs 
they're actually weak, weak souls. And they need lots of signs to know that God's really there. And so I just have laughed like, that's me. I'm so weak. There's no way I'll ever make this yeah, on don't, my own. Don't feel left out if you're not getting this kind of experience. And so Teresa of Avila, um, or Teresa Lisieux, right? She has a beautiful yeah. thing about, like, I'm such a child that there's no way I could ever get to heaven unless Jesus be, Jesus' arms became the elevator to get me wow, there. Wow. You know, so, like, I think Did that's we, me. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I'll, I'll share this vision that I, it was actually a yeah, dream. It, it really, it's a, in, a, in a visceral, uh, just want to I would want to put it in the context of, okay, first of all, not everybody has these kinds of experiences. Yeah. Second, way, second of asked, all. What, what's the pain someone goes through when abuse happens? I think this vision Jim is about to share will help spell out some of what happens. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, but, uh, you know, so first of all, not everybody has these kinds of things. And second of all, those who do have them, are, they're, they're probably maybe weaker <laughs> in their faith and God knows that they yeah. need more help, yeah. you know, so I think that's me. But, um, no, I woke up in the middle of the night one night and uh, this is after actually we had moved to Oklahoma and it was like three o'clock in the morning. I'd woke up and I was aware that I just had this dream and I, w- I was sweating, like just drenched through my, my clothes. And, but the dream was... I was sitting on the couch in the living room, which is right outside of our bedroom, and I was sitting on the couch with a teenager, which it wouldn't be uncommon for me. Like right, I've had right. lots of you know moments where I've counseled teens or mentored teens or whatever. Um, but so I'm, I'm sitting on the couch, and this this teen is like I'm talking to them, and I think in the dream that I'm actually helping them, mm. like I'm helping them with their problems. And at a certain point, the teen looks at me and says. But what about you? And I just was like, what, what about me? And, and, he, and he says, I think I can help you. Mm. And he leans in to me in a way that was like all the safe environment boundaries that we have you know, in our oh, yeah, radar yeah. these days. You know, he was leaning too close to me that was just very uncomfortable. I'm like, what are you doing? And he, he reached towards my chest and I looked down to like, but I couldn't back up anymore because I was at the edge of the couch. But his so hands, Lord. His hands yeah. went inside my chest. Mm. And I, I, I did realize later that this was a teenage Jesus, mm. which my abuser was a teenager. Mm. And he came to me in the form of that, you know. Mm. His hands go into my chest, and I look down, and I see him opening up and pulling back the layers of flesh to my heart, and then pulling back layers of my heart to, for me to be able to see inside. And I'm, I'm just looking down on all this, you know, kind of uh, mesmerized by what I'm seeing. Inside my heart are all of these, I, I, I call them cords or threads, or, but they were like wires, but they were alive and they were moving and there was light, you know, like moving in them. Mm. And, and then he starts with his fingers just moving those all of those cords. And then he found a black one, one that looked like it was just dead, Mm. no light going through it at all. And he starts pulling it out of me. Mm. And it's, as it's coming out of me, my heart, my whole chest is hurting, but then my head starts hurting and uh, like piercing pain in in my head. And this went on for, I, I don't know how long the dream seemed to last for hours. And he just kept looking, but he pulled three of these black 
long black threads out of me. These three wounds. And, three and wounds. I, I, I kept having to hold my head because the pain in my head every time was so yeah. intense. And then I just woke up. I'm, I'm in the bedroom. I, <laughs> I, I get up and I go out to the couch where the dream, the, you know, the context of wow. the dream was. And I'm sitting there like, what just happened? What was that? And I tried to pray about it that night. I tried to pray about it the next several days and over the next several weeks, nothing happens. You know, mm. I talked to my spiritual director about it and he's asking me questions, but no real clarity about what's going on there and what are these black threads and what, you know, what's, what's happening. And so months go by, I kind of forget all about it. Uh, I end up, uh, I don't know, 10, 10, 11 months later at a conference up in St. Louis. I came in a night early and uh, they, I, w I was at a meeting with a bunch of leaders uh, for, for the conference that was starting up the next day. And they broke us, they did adoration and broke us up into little groups of three and said, why don't you pray over each other for whatever your needs are? Yeah. And um, I remember that night when I got prayed over, I was, I was last actually. But um, as the two people were praying over me. The woman that was uh, praying had a vision and she stops, like she's mm. very, very abruptly says, I'm getting this really intense vision <laughs> and I don't know what it means. Uh, and she just starts sharing my dream mm. from like 10 months earlier. Incredible. Like detailed, detailed exp explanation of this dream. And she's like, does this mean anything to you? And I was like, holy <laughs> yeah. smoke, my yeah. gosh. Like I had a dream about this months ago, but and it's the, it showed that connection of the head and the heart, right? Something yeah. happens in the heart, and it goes right to the brain, Me where my memories are. Yeah, right? those yeah. three, those three uh, chords. Yeah. So the the wounds, yeah. like as I've dug into this and prayed into this over the last couple of years, the three fundamental wounds of sexual abuse are powerlessness. So you live with that lie that I don't have power. Right. Yeah. Betrayal, you mm. can't trust anybody. Mm. Uh, you better do it for yourself. It leads to a lot of control and behaviors. Right. Yep. Um, and what's the third one? <laughs> uh, powerlessness, betrayal. Oh, and ambivalence. Ambivalence. Uh, which is, which is really messy. Of, of the three wounds, it's the messiest because when, when you're when the abuse is sexual in nature, it's stimulating and arousing, which is pleasurable. Yep. And so you, you have, like the wound is, something is happening to you that is criminal, that is just such a violation of, who, of your personhood yeah. uh, and evil, but you're actually enjoying it. And you have the lie that it was your fault. Yeah. And so yeah. the ambivalence, you, yeah. you kind of get stuck really for the rest of your life in this or can get stuck in this kind of spiraling thought pattern mm. of anytime you ever enjoy something, it's bad. Oh, wow. And anytime that you're around something that's bad, there must be something wow. good. You know what I mean? Wow. Like you're, you're kind of stuck in this place that just creates so, all kinds of confusion. So we have, we have limited time left, and I, I wish we had two hours more to talk about this. Um, obviously, there was a long period of good counseling to to help unpack some of these things and heal those three wounds, right? Um, which, by the way, if you've been through this kind of thing, remember this beautiful saying, your head is like a bad neighborhood. Do not go in there alone. 
you need to talk to a counselor. <laughs> if you're the spouse of someone who's walking through this, you need to talk to, talk to a counselor too because uh, so many things are getting kicked up. Um, so, but find a good Christian, a good Catholic counselor who will not turn your brain to mush. But there's also a good question came in about what prayers to pray. Because there's that, um, so there's, are there certain prayers to turn to when there's need for healing from sexual abuse? So there's, uh, if you could point people to some resources, not only counseling, but I, I know there's stuff from, from uh, Bob Schutz and, and others. Yeah, Bob, Bob name, Schutz. A, name a few books that you found really helpful. Yeah. Well, Bob Schutz's book, uh, Be Restored, it's one of his newer books. It's called uh, Be Restored Be by Restored is very, very good. It's powerful. And he's actually, you know, summarizing a number of different resources yeah. in in. Uh, you know, years of yeah. his, him studying sexual brokenness. Uh, there, there's there's a Protestant evangelical guy, Dan Allender, okay. that has a book called The Wounded Heart. The Wounded Heart. That's very Dan very, Allender. Very okay. very good. Um, and what you you talked earlier about the whole brain stuff, yeah. um, neuroplasticity. Like that's been a big part of my journey actually over the last wow. 12, 18 months. Um, there's, uh, and I'm forgetting the, the, the author's name, but the book is called The Anatomy of a Soul. Uh, and then there's The Mindful Catholic, I think, by Greg, okay. Greg Batano. Okay, great. So there's a lot of stuff. Uh, Unbound. Surprised you didn't mention un, the Unbound. Un, Unbound has been that, huge. Like that, 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 that accelerates healing. Absolutely. Like, it, it just puts it in a sixth gear. Yeah, Meg, Meg and I have actually done Unbound ministry well, with, you led with me each other, and I've, I've led, led it here in yeah. Denver and uh, Oklahoma City. So Unbound is a powerful, because yeah. he talks about all of his things as keys, keys that are unlocking doors, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and that's exactly what, it, what it's like. And then there's engaging the will and renouncing the lies you've been believing, which really was what a lot of counseling boils down to. But to bring the Lord's power to that renunciation uh, yeah, is, I, is I so mean, mighty. I, I think the biggest thing I would say to people, that, that particularly if you've had this kind of stuff in your past, don't try to fix it. Mm. Like there, there's a way that we can have a false sense of urgency. Like I just have to get over this. Thanks for saying that. And and I I, I guess I would just want to caution people. Like there's something about the journey, the gradual unfolding. If you're willing to be mm. patient with the Lord, right? Mm. Um, like think about it like this: when when you go to confession, what is the stuff? You know, like every sacrament in our Catholic faith involves earthly stuff, you mm-hmm. know, so in baptism, it's water poured over the head. The words, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Eucharist, it's bread and, wa- bread and wine, mm. but being transubstantiated into the body and blood with the Eucharistic prayers as yeah. the words, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. So in confession, we obviously have the minister and the priest. We have the, the words, I absolve you of your sins, but what's the earthy stuff in the sacrament? Yeah. Your it's sins. The, yeah, wow. Wow. <laughs> Your sins are the earthly stuff Powerful. that God is using in that sacrament to effect what he's doing. Oh, man. So in our brokenness and yeah. our woundedness, it's actually our wounds, our scars, our human experiences, even the very impoverished ones, those are the things that God is using mm. to bring about our holiness. Praise the Lord. And, and our conversion. Brother, right? as you were saying this too, I got a powerful image of just the Lord's risen body I was thinking of, hmm. which um, still had its wounds. You, you, the, and you, right, you, right, right, right. We, we want to get to the place where it's like, we, you look and there's no scar. No, 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 that's not how it worked. He was glorious precisely because there's still a hole in his hand, which is a sign of his love. There's still a hole in his side. 
Well, and this is the Easter message. Oh, oh, happy fault. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would we ever sing that? That's it. At the Easter vigil, right? Yeah. It, it's because we actually fundamentally believe this, that God, God, God is actually bringing about our transformation mm. through all of this stuff, even as painful as it sometimes yeah. can be, right? And, uh, so that's the encouragement. It's like, don't, don't try to rush this. Amen. Don't, don't look at this as something mm. that you have to get over. Mm. You, ne- you never are. And then you're right? human. No, no, like, you're human as in this journey. And, and this is why I'm saying, like, I don't know if I would go back and rewrite this story and, and take this person out of my life that did yeah. this to me. I'm who I am today because of this. Like, my capacity oh, to minister. I'm not going to slap you. You know what? Uh, yes. Seriously, yeah. my, like my That's capacity true. to love other people, to stretch other people, even in their own pursuit of holiness, my unique capacities for all that actually come from all of this crap Praise in my life. Uh, so thank God for all of the stuff that happened, right? Amen. Dude, I'll, uh, I'll say to you what I, what, I, what I said to Natalie, too, that there's, and, you know, Natalie has had her, my wife has had her sexual uh, abuse healing okay. journey, and there's a, a depth and compassion and capacity of soul, appreciation of beauty, all these things that I see in her that are, are more profound in her than in many other people, not despite what she went through, but precisely because of it. Right. And this is how, how the Lord uh, he doesn't will these evils, but he allows them, just like, he allowed the, just like the Father allowed the Son to die on the cross. He allows these things um, to, to expand our capacity for heaven forever. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, Amen. Yeah, thanks, guys, for, for just for being part of the journey of life with us, for finding the joy of the Lord, even in the midst of the greatest pains of life. And I love you, man. Thanks for sharing that. Love you too. We'll see you next week. Man, wasn't that great? Listen, if you don't want to be happy, be sure not to subscribe. But if you want a more joyful life, the kind of life that God created you for, the kind of life Jesus promised when he said, I came to give you life to the full, then make sure you hit subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know.